0: Hello! Welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Chevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. Twenty-five. Pacey couldn't believe his luck. The library was empty. He knew Miss Nice would be gone. The lonely spinster was always gone by four. He imagined that she had twenty or thirty cats roaming around her home, and that was why she kept to such a strict regimen. But when the library was empty of all students and teachers, his heart raced with enthusiasm. Everything was going according to plan. Today was the day he would consummate his relationship with Alicia. Casey hid behind the non-fiction bookcase. As he stood there, he thought it was ironic that the topic of books he stood beside was predators and prey. He chuckled to himself. Of course, he didn't consider himself a predator of Alicia, more of a suitor, but still, an analogy could be made. She was his desired, and he would capture her heart. As Alicia walked to his desk, he slithered around the bookcase and slipped the needle out of his pocket. His blood pulsed, swooshing through his ears. His excitement built, and he felt it tinting in his pants. He was ready for anything. He knew she would be surprised if she turned and saw him, but he was prepared. He silently crossed the room, her back to him as she scribbled something on a sticky note. He closed the distance between them. Her sweet perfume floated in the air. He took a deep breath and let the wonderful fragrance wash over him. Then, he plunged the needle into her neck and slipped his arm around her waist. Her body tensed under his arm as she tried to fight him, but the drug worked too quickly. He congratulated himself on choosing correctly. He didn't want to kill her, but he needed her compliant quickly. Her lax body was heavy in his arms. He laid her gently on the floor beside his desk. Her head fell to the side, and he placed a finger on her pulse. The steady beat calmed his nerves. Sleep now, my precious, he whispered. He kissed his finger and placed the kiss upon her lips. He needed to act fast. There was no telling how long the library would remain empty. He closed his classroom door to ensure a little privacy in case someone wandered into the library. He hated that someone could peek through the little glass window in the door, but for now, that didn't matter. No one was there to interrupt him. He dug into his school bag and pulled out a zip tie. Kneeling over Alicia, he cuffed her wrists. Sliding his hands under her arms, he dragged her body to the other side of the desk. This would shield her from the view of someone peeking in through the door window. He chuckled at his luck in being assigned this classroom. Originally, he'd complained and felt underappreciated. He didn't want to be adjacent to the library. He was a real teacher, and he deserved a real classroom, not some tiny room off the library where he'd have to listen to the noise of students filtering through the library all day. But now, now that he needed an outside door, he was thankful to be adjacent to the library. For someone needing privacy and a door to the outside, This room was top-notch. Pacey walked to the door that led outside. He opened it and breathed in the fresh air. He glanced up and admired the beautiful sky. Oranges, yellows, pinks, and purples slashed through the various shades of blue that blanketed the cloudless sky. He figured it was God's way of blessing his union with Alicia. Perhaps God had painted this beautiful scene for him and Alicia to enjoy on their first night together. Tonight would be their honeymoon of sorts. A frown slashed across his face as he thought of the unpleasant business he needed to attend to, but he could do anything for Alicia. Pacey hurried to the bed of his truck, let down the tailgate, and pulled out the oversized cooler chest. He hated the thought of stuffing her in there. He knew she'd fit, but it just seemed so undignified and disrespectful to shove the love of his life into a plastic container but he feared it couldn't be helped. He had no other way to safely transport her to his home. He'd seen that dumb oaf lurking around the school at lunch. He knew the brute would be back. Pulling on the handle, he rolled the cooler chest into his classroom and stopped beside her sleeping body. She looked so peaceful there. Her head was tilted to the side. Her legs were bent slightly, and one hand was draped across her abdomen. Her beautiful hair fanned out elegantly across the dingy carpet that lined his classroom floor and highlighted how out of place she was here at school. She belonged somewhere her beauty would be appreciated, and he planned on providing that place for her. Pacey knelt and stroked her cheek. He relished the softness of her skin against his. He licked his lips as he thought of her even softer skin in other places that he dared not touch here. There would be time for that later. Pacey opened the cooler and positioned himself beside Alicia. Let's go home, he whispered, as he slid a hand under her knees and an arm under her back. He lifted her gently and moved to place her in the cooler. It was a tighter fit than he anticipated. He set her bottom in first and then gently laid her back against the side of the cooler. He was careful not to twist her neck. He shifted her torso so he could maneuver her legs into the chest. He'd never planned on closing the cooler chest, and that was a good thing. If she were liquid, she would fit easily. But the human body in a single piece does not fit easily into one of those chests. He carefully lowered the lid, letting it rest on her knees and the top of her head. It appeared mostly closed from a distance, but up close it definitely looked odd. A.C. took the handle and pulled, but getting the cooler chest to move was more difficult than he'd imagined. Perhaps the tiny wheels weren't made to support that much weight. He'd checked the specifications when he purchased the cooler. It could certainly hold her weight. In fact, it could hold much more. He pulled again, leaning back in order to use his own body weight to get it moving. The chest gave a little squeak and then rolled. He pulled it to the door that led outside, and the front set of wheels stopped at the metal weather stripping. He tugged the handle, grunting and leaning back, until finally the front wheels thumped over the little hump of weather stripping. The cooler chest flunked down on the other side. A knock sounded on Pacey's door. He looked up, frantic. He jerked the cooler chest hard, pulling the back wheels over the weather stripping and let it roll onto the asphalt outside the building. Mr. Parker? Kara called, pulling the classroom door open from the library. She stuck her head into his classroom. Are you in here? She asked as she walked into his room. Pacey stepped into the classroom from the outside door and closed the door behind him. Yes, Miss Ward, he panted. How may I help you? Kara looked at him. She'd always thought he was an odd little man course. At her height, most of the men she knew were little. That was the biggest disadvantage of being tall. She towered over most men. They loved her long legs, but she had trouble finding a man who didn't make her feel like a giantess. "'I need to schedule a whole class lesson with you on divergent thinking,' Kara smiled, taking in the room. The man was freakishly organized. Not a book or piece of paper was out of place.' Not even an errant scrap of paper or pencil shaving lay on the floor. The guy vacuumed between classes? She did note the single pen on the floor by his desk. How long would it take for him to pick that up? That sounds wonderful, Pacey replied, swiping his arm across his sweaty brow. His heart thundered in his chest, and anxiety threatened to sicken him. He didn't want anything to look suspicious. He crossed the room and went to his desk. A fresh wave of sweat slicked his neck when he spotted the pen on the floor. He casually knelt and picked it up. Excuse the mess, he said, forcing a smile that he hoped looked natural. She shrugged. I wish my class were this messy, she replied with an indifferent smile. She believed that everyone deserved to be treated with respect. This guy pushed her buttons. She wanted to yell at him. Tell him to relax or man up or something. She wasn't sure what it would take to lower his creep factor. There was just something about him that she didn't like. But she did her best not to show it. Her mother had tirelessly brainwashed her in the ways of Miss Manners. He noticed the beginning of the note Alicia had been writing. He removed the top sticky note, balled it up in his hand, and shoved it into his pants pocket. "Uh, Let me look at my calendar, he stated. He didn't want to schedule this now but if he rushed her away, that would look suspicious later. He needed to act normal, and that meant scheduling a class when a teacher came to him. Let's see, he clucked, studying his calendar. I am available on Wednesday and Friday in the afternoon. He looked up at the freakishly tall teacher. Whenever he saw her, he couldn't help but envision her as a female version of Mr. Fantastic. She had the body of a normal person, yet she appeared to be stretched and drawn out as if she were made of rubber. Good luck finding a man, he stifled his laugh. No need to be rude. Poor girl would never find love. She'd end up a spinster and die alone. Most likely, no one would find her body for days, and then she'd be eaten by her twenty cats. Look over your calendar and email me sometimes at work for you, he said. He did his best to smile, but smiling never came naturally to him, not unless he was with Alicia. Then the smile spilled from his mouth like songs from angels. Kara forced her lips to mimic a smile and nodded. Even the sound of his voice creeped her out. She didn't like the way he looked at her either, didn't trust his thoughts. He had sicko written all over him. Oh, good, thanks, she stated and turned towards the door. She'd been in his presence long enough. Now she had to hope that he wasn't checking out her ass as she fled his room. Pacey exhaled and sprinted to the door seconds after the monstrously huge female closed it. He looked through the little window into the library. The giantess had already cleared the library, and the door was shutting behind her. Damn, those legs were long. She must run like the wind. Pacey hustled across his room and pushed open the door that led outside. His heart rate calmed when he saw the cooler chest sitting on the asphalt. It was okay. She was okay. No one was around. This area was the back side of the school, which gave him some advantage. He had a little privacy. He went to his truck and hopped into the bed. His work shoes clomped against the bed of the truck as he dragged the ramp to the edge of the tailgate. He slid one part of the ramp down until it wedged into the ground. He pushed against the ramp, making sure it was safely in place. Then he hopped down from the bed and went to the cooler. He pulled the handle again and dragged the cooler test to the ramp. He stopped at the bottom of the ramp. This part would be the hardest. The angle of incline was steep, and even though Alicia was thin, her body was still a lot of weight to pull uphill. Pacey considered himself a man of science, a man of thought. He acknowledged that he was not a man of muscle, but the heart is a muscle. And his heart beat only for Alicia. He'd used the strength of his love to get her to their home. He strained, losing his own weight to his advantage, as he pulled her up the ramp. He groaned under the weight of the cooler chest. Sweat trickled down his back. He felt it slide between his shoulder blades. Some even dripped into his eyes, but he didn't lose focus. He took another step backwards, and the cooler chest advanced up the ramp. With each step, Alicia was closer to being his. With several quick steps backwards, the chest rolled into the bed and almost pushed Pacey into the back window of the cab. He panted and placed his hand on top of the cooler. He peeked around the lid and saw her still sleeping peacefully. His heart nearly burst with love at the sight of her. He stole a glance at his watch. She'd be out for at least another 30 minutes, but he needed to hustle. Using bungee cords, he strapped the cooler chest in place so she wouldn't roll around the trunk bed during the drive. That would be dangerous, and he couldn't risk her safety. Pacey rushed back to the classroom, locked the door, and got into his truck. He looked over his shoulder at the precious cargo in the truck bed. He knew she could breathe. He just didn't want anything to happen to her during the drive home. There were still too many variables at play. He pulled out of the school parking lot and headed for home. There was one more woman he had to deal with. 26. Mike read the text from Alicia as he ran to the limo. His blood heated as he thought about her wandering around the school. What the hell did she need in the library? He wanted her in her classroom. He wanted her safe in his arms. Yo, Jack called, catching up with Mike. What's the hurry? Did I miss something? Have you not been paying attention? Mike snarled. Alicia's at school, alone. He bit out as he pulled open the limo door. Jack slid in beside him as Mike started the limo and buckled himself in. Mike tapped into his phone. On my way. You okay? Get back to room. He set the phone in the mountain waited for a reply. She'd been pretty quick at replying throughout the day, so he didn't expect much of a delay. He pulled out of the airport and onto the main road. His stomach nodded and the muscles in his jaw tensed. Still no reply. Jack looked at the silent phone and back at his friend who gave off steam like an active volcano. Want me to send another message? Maybe she missed that one. Jack really hoped that was the reason for her non-reply, but he doubted it. Mike knew that wasn't it. He knew she was gone. She was in the hands of her stalker, and it was his fault. He'd buckled under her pressure and let her make decisions when she was unqualified to make those decisions. Alicia would be another innocent's blood on his hands. He wasn't sure he could live with that. He nodded to Jack. Ask her if she's okay. He gripped the steering wheel too tightly, afraid he would lose control. Jack grabbed the cell and tapped in the message. You okay? Jack slid the phone back into the mount and waited. Each second dragged out. The speedometer eased higher as the seconds turned into minutes. Jack felt the hammering of his own heart. So he could only imagine the heavy pounding that Mike must be feeling in his chest. Mike broke the painful silence first. You go to her classroom. I'll check out the library. He knew she wouldn't be in either place, but he had to at least check before he contacted Savage Securities. He didn't want to look like he pissed his pants because his girlfriend missed a text. The limo pulled into the now nearly empty parking lot. Only a few cars dotted the asphalt. Mike and Jack sprinted to the doors and pulled. The doors didn't open. They were locked. Shit. Mike cursed and jerked on the door again. Jack watched as Mike repeatedly yanked on the door handle. He stepped back and noticed another set of doors with a YMCA sign nearby. After school care. Parents had to get their little angels somehow. Jack raced to the doors and pulled. They opened easily. Hey, Mike, he called. He signaled with his hand through the open door. Mike took off towards the open doors and ran into the school. An eerie quiet filled the halls that earlier had been so full of life. No one was around, but muffled shouts came from the gymnasium. Jack took off up the stairs, taking two at a time. Mike glanced down the hallway and noticed a sign that said, Library. He ran past the gymnasium doors to the double doors that led into the library. The lights flickered as he entered the library. Bookcases, three shelves high, lined the edges and filled in the center of the room. Alicia, he called out. Alicia! He walked through the computer stations. He knew she wouldn't be here, but he held out hope that she'd fallen or something stupid like that. As he made his way through the library, he noticed a few classrooms on the periphery of the library. Warning signs raced to his brain as his gut twisted. He had enough experience to trust his gut. Mike called out again, Alicia! His voice, strong and loud. He felt each pulse of his heart reverberate through him like a hammer striking an anvil. Each thundering pulse rocked him to the core. Colorful little flags hung on the outside of the doors by the classrooms. There were three. Resource, AIG, and Counselor. He'd been in the AIG class as a student. He knew it stood for the academically and intellectually gifted class. That was the class that bothered him. One of the male teachers at the school was the AIG teacher. He rushed towards that class. Mike opened the AIG classroom door and stepped inside. He took a moment to take in the details. The classroom was neat and tidy. Mr. Parker clearly had some degree of OCD. Nothing was out of place. The chairs were perfectly pushed in and the floor was spotless. Most classrooms had messy book bins, pencil shavings, and pieces of paper littering the space. But this room was museum-quality clean. This was a bad sign. He strode over to the man's desk. There had to be a clue. The desk was neat. Three sharp pencils stood point up in a cup beside three pens of different colors, blue, black, and red. A little organizational tray sat on the desk. There were paper clips, tacks, rubber bands, and sticky notes. Mr. Parker's lesson plan book lay open to tomorrow's schedule. What was the man hiding? Mike pulled open the top drawer and his eyes landed on them. He'd known to trust his gut, it had never failed him. Mike clutched the small plastic box. He wanted to crush it in his hand. The tiny Tic Tacs taunted him. The bastard Hatter. her. Mike slammed the door shut and raced through the library, pulling his cell phone from his pocket. He tapped on Logan's number and waited. Logan Murphy didn't even bother looking at his phone as it buzzed on his desk. He was too busy scrolling through the takeout menu for Han's Chinese dynasty. He ate there at least once a week. Without looking at his phone, he hit talk. Murphy, he said. He got her. I need her location. Logan sat straighter in his chair and hit the keys on his computer. He pulled up the screen tied to the tracker. I got her. I'm sending you the coordinates now. I'll tell the guys and contact the police. Thanks. My ran down the school hall and met Jack at the entrance. Got the text, Jack said. Let's go. I hope you enjoy chapters 25 and 26 of Blood Kiss. On Tuesday, we'll hear the thrilling conclusion to Mike and Alicia's story. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com cherishlively do you want to be part of My Secret Obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small-town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to podcast at gmail.com.